Hey, welcome back to the Outliers. Why is it not showing a recording for both of us? It had to do the countdown. Okay. You started uh, talking at three. <laughs> hey, and welcome to the Outliers. I am your host, McLeod Hirschbill, and joining me from the sunken city of New York is Tyler Toledo. Yeah, we are under the sea right now. Yeah, how's it feel living the little, in the Little Mermaid? Oh, it's so great. Um, I, I, Disney, I, I know the movie came out a couple months ago, but uh, I don't know why. So I don't know why their marketing pushes now, but they're doing a really good job at marketing their Little Mermaid live action film. I got to say, <laughs> particularly by drowning you. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost as good as when um, Christopher Nolan turned New York orange to market Oppenheimer. Uh-huh. That was great too. So yeah. I, I'm I'm it's, a really big fan of these big movie corporations uh using environmental disasters to promote their films. It's um something a meme I was reminded of that climate change is kind of sitting on your phone watching fucked up shit happen until you were suddenly recording the fucked up shit on your phone. Yeah, I went out on a walk yesterday. Um what? <laughs> Because I'm a photographer at heart, and I needed to I, – one, I wanted to see it for myself, and I, I got some cool-ass shots, I will not lie. Um, I was only outside for like five minutes. Not It was a little bit more than five minutes, obviously. Um, but – and I didn't go very far, uh, but it was not pretty. And I was wearing like kind of – I was wearing like a windbreaker over my my hoodie – that I thought was more waterproof than it actually was. And then the, I took off the hoodie and the hoodie was drenched underneath it. And I'm like, uh Oh, <laughs> that was a fun time. Uh, but I, I did get some cool shots, but yeah, no, I mean like my part of the city, we were chilling for the most part. There's lots yeah. of like pretty deep puddles, but I was, I was watching videos of like Brooklyn completely underwater. The subway systems were underwater. Uh, the buses were underwater. Well, so it's it's <laughs> it's a thing I've gotten to at this point where it's like no longer it's like pro like it's no longer like pro environment or like the argument is are you pro slowing down the apocalypse or just pro apocalypse? Like there's that's where we're at now. It's like it's like it's crazy it's fucking crazy like i got the fucking fire smoke down here we don't really ever get that we're pretty far away from that shit um yeah i need to fucking turn off notifications on snapchat chat because i just got a notification that tyler toledo is posted to his story oh yeah you should watch it it's pretty funny fucking prick um I, I shared a TikTok of New Yorkers getting to their first floor apartment. <laughs> so I got some topics for this Vibe Chat Outliers episode. Uh, I got – you want to hear some of the topics I actually picked out? No. Uh, OK. Well, why? We're the episode's have... over. Bye. <laughs> um, it was, so it was nice chatting with y'all. <laughs> I'll just list them out. So some topics. And we don't have to do all these. We can save these. Our director's cuts – uh, news involving YouTube prankers because this story caught my attention. YouTube prankers, my favorite kind of people. Um, Drew Barrymore, the okay. WGA, the WGA and SAG strikes in general, 
and uh, just some and a debate. And what's the best fast food place? So where do you want to start? Um. Oh, and sports stuff from sports someone who knows stuff. nothing about sports. Ooh. Just observations I've made. Okay, dude. This um, I am not a sports person, but for the 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 drama in this NFL season, I'm kind of living for. Okay, it. that's what I want to talk about. So like. I'm having the weird experience where I'm used – what I'm used to with the NFL is all my like straight dude friends posting about like can't believe this happened. And to some degree that happened. I'm going to start with a particular team, uh, you know, a, a, a fantastic team that everybody loves, the Miami Dolphins fucking wiping the floor with the Broncos. <laughs> I don't know if that's the highest score game ever, but that's one of the highest score games I've ever seen. Like a team lose by, dude. This, like, we're only like was like week three or week four, uh huh. And uh, we got some spicy games. Do you know what it's like when like? So I'm in an Eagles family. Do you know what it's like being in an Eagles family and the Eagles aren't the main topic of conversation around football this year? That's crazy. that's fucking weird. That's crazy. See, I'm I'm used to um, see. I'm I'm a Giants fan, so uh, we the Giants. <laughs> um, the the typical conversation with uh, in a Giants family is like you watch the game. Yes, but let's not talk about it. <laughs> um, because we've we've become so conditioned to uh, pain and agony. And uh, I watched that first game of the season. I forgot the Giants fans are in an abusive relationship with their yeah. team. Oh, listen, the, the, and I'm going to get into the Jets, too, because they're in a similar boat. But at least the, J- the New Jersey Jets. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you know, what? I could relegate the Jets to New Jersey, even though they play at the same stadium. Yeah. <laughs> um, New Jersey Jets. I mean, I that's watched- where the Statue of Liberty is, too. So shut up. Uh, I, I watched the first game. To be. <laughs> I watched the first game of the Giants season against the Dallas Cowboys, and oh lord, <laughs> oh fucking lord! I watched a forty-zero Giants stomp, which is a historical L. Yeah, that's the other one I want to talk about. <laughs> a Cowboys. So here's L. the thing. I'm a fan cuz I like even though I'm not like a football like I know nothing about football. I can't name a single Eagles players right mm-hmm. now. Um but I will say this, watching the Cowboys get their asses whooped is like the part of me that's like um in my blood of being Pennsylvanian of genetically being Pennsylvanian. It's just like, I see the Dallas Cowboys lose and I'm like, yeah, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll get to the Cowboys loss later. Uh, <laughs> Cause so we took that astronomic L against the Cowboys. Meanwhile, the jets, <laughs> the New York jets lose Aaron Rodgers 0.3 seconds into their game. <laughs> Yeah, like that's comical, right? 
which is hilarious. But they still pull out the W somehow against Buffalo, which I'm like, you know what? Bravo. I'm not going to be a Jets game fan, but they might have the more interesting season because I was I was ready to write the Giants off. I'm like, well, we'll get them next year. That so I'm like, maybe maybe this year the the Jets will have the more uh, interesting season, but. Uh, then they play the Cowboys, lost whatever. Who, everyone expected yeah. that. And then Cowboys they, lost the Cardinals, and that was pretty good. Which I was really happy about because the Giants. That's what I was talking about. The Giants like, beat I, the Cardinals. Yep. Um, in an, I, I watched that game too. It was uh, that by way, so the many of our most fans, incredible comebacks I've ever seen. So many of our fans are not going to give a shit about this because they are European. But like, we're not here. Like for like, I'm here for the shit. Like Aaron Rodgers. Instantly, not being able to play football. Oh, it's hilarious! I'm, like it's I feel a, bad, but it's also kind of funny. It's like <laughs> it's just like what it's fuck peak writing. Is that um, I I like to think of these things as things as story arcs, and getting rid of your star player in the beginning of the season that's uh that throws a curveball in the plot, <laughs> and I'm right. I'm now, here for it. Now to talk about the thing all of my friends who are women are posting about is Taylor Swift dating, tra- dating Travis Kelsey. Something I give zero shits about, but I keep seeing it pop up it's, because people I know are interested in this story. I think that's also kind of funny because I also like don't really care, but I'm also really enjoying uh, Swifties figuring out what football is for the first time. Yeah, that's what I'm mainly here for. <laughs> but I'm also I'm also enjoying the opposite effect, which is football fans figure, or especially Chiefs fans figuring out this is going to affect the season. Yeah, <laughs> I saw some guy do great. analysts like the average of these relationships are six weeks. That's not good. Oh no, <laughs> that's well. It is what it is, um, but I, I I I like I like the curveball that it is thrown into the story of this season. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those uh, you know, it's it, it's it's such a, it's an odd, it's an odd football, isn't it? Yeah. Speaking um, of Taylor Swift, are you excited for the Eras Tour movie? No, I'm not. Which is the best-selling pre-sale I, ticket of all time. I, I I mean this in the nicest way. I am white, but I am not that white. <laughs> um, I am a different kind of white. Uh, I like. Taylor Swift has officially beat out every single major movie franchise that exists with just a single – it's not a film. Like, it's a concert that they recorded and put in I'm theaters. I'm always amazed at like when like they sell concerts like that as movies. Yeah. Um, but oh, – There is that Talking Heads one life. Like I kind of want to see that, but I also – Um. No, but Taylor Swift uh, is on another level, and considering how huge that era's tour has been, uh, even just like in their like physical tour dates, being so limited to like however many people can fit in that stadium in that specific geographic location, now bringing that to theaters, nation, and worldwide, uh. That's going to be crazy. And my heart goes out to every single movie theater employee that will be working during this troubling period. <laughs> I, I do love the idea of like movie theater employees are getting trained right now, like fucking salt Marines. No, go, just also, going like, just like, listen, man, good luck. I lie to you. This is going to be ugly. You will hear the highest pitched screaming of your life. 
the most worst spoken <laughs> lyrics and out of sync tune white folk you've ever heard. But you are doing this for the love. Listen, the of white girl evil cinema. Listen, if the white girlies know anything, they know Taylor. I, they they do her justice. <laughs> um, like I'm not gonna lie, between this and fall in general is one of those periods of time. I'm glad I'm single, dude. Um, <laughs> main, mainly because you don't want to like, go to the Aerosmith movie. No, I. <laughs> Because that's not going to be a movie. That's going to be a concert in a theater. I feel like me and you can make actual content off of the concept of both of us going to – if we are not just vetted by like securities, like you guys shouldn't be here. I just – I feel like you guys – like we don't exactly – like we look like the kind of guys who go to a Smash Mouth concert. We don't look like the guys who go to Taylor Oh, fuck. I forgot that guy died. Yeah. yeah, pouring out for the homie. Yeah, but dude, uh, <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I feel bad for everybody who's in a movie in the theater next to the Taylor Swift movie because you know <laughs> you're gonna hear watching it. Oppenheimer <laughs> and just like fucking screaming, blasting through the walls. Yeah, that's gonna be a re- that's gonna be an experience. Uh, I. Um, I I'm not like a Swifty, but I'm I'm a I'm a Swift respecter. You know, you know, uh, fam, have fun, have a good time. But I just blowed away about how this pre like movie's not even out yet, but weeks ago the the pre-sale tickets outsold every other movie. <laughs> There's got to be some money in concert movies that like i think is more of a like it's been done before but that might be uh it's a relatively untapped market that i'm kind of scared of if this really opens pandora's box honestly and with how the strikes are right now it is something that is in the back of my mind because you don't really need writers you don't need actors yeah well, like, I mean, like, I've been saying it for a while, uh, for like a, for a couple of years that uh, I think we need more uh, recorded and re- like publicly released view, uh, versions of Broadway musicals and, and plays because of how uh, geographically want- sp- specific they are. Well, um, yeah, this was like I was talking about this about someone um, I refer I want I. I refer to New York as like the modern equivalent of Rome, even though it's not our capital. Mm-hmm. And I s- explained in the fact of like it's this really important place to American culture identity that people like spend their life saving up so they can go see a Broadway show in, right. in New York. Um, um, like, so I'm all in favor of uh, making art – and entertainment more accessible to not only people who do not live in the area, but also people of fi- different financial needs. Uh, Cause I feel like everybody, dis- despite of how much money they make or where they live should be able to uh, enjoy that the art, the art that they love. And I think concerts do fall under that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. But, um, <laughs> again, this is a, that's quite the Pandora's box we're about to open with Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but uh, so I was saying, so it's fall. We're in fall now, right? Yes. Uh, we are uh, officially I, in zip up hoodie with no shirt underneath at home season. <laughs> I, 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 I was, I was joking with a friend recently. I'm glad to be single because to me, fall seems like the worst time to be in a relationship. And it's for one reason, and that's specific to me, is because so much of the couples' activities or like fall activities seem like work to me. Oh, you don't want to pick your own apples? Yeah, I want to pick my own apples. I want to go pick fucking pumpkins because you know what my life is? I live on a farm. I don't want to do farm (laughs) shit. Um, I I think like apple picking is a fun and cute activity and you get like a lot of those nice fall photos. I'm not paying, but I'm not paying to work. I'm not doing it. I always thought it's so funny because it's like it's it is like, okay, you pay to do the work for us. Like we don't feel like picking our own apples. You can do it. Have a whole little fun little experience. Do it yourself. We don't want to have to pick them and and put them in the stores and the markets and everything. I've had girlfriends recommend do this. I'm like saying I I really don't want to go. And then it turns into I'm an asshole because I don't want to go. Because then I say the line, I feel like I just feel like I'd be getting ripped off paying to work. Because here's the thing. I know how that that farmer's thinking. That farmer's thinking this is a great deal. I don't have to do shit. They just go out and do themselves and they still give me money. You just need to – tend to the apple trees and plant them and like make sure they're all healthy and then other people pick them for you yeah it's it, a, i mean it's an incredible scheme it is i love it it is it is also like a scheme completely driven like driven by white girls at instagram like i have like seen no one like it's just all my it's all my friends and their and their partners right now in fields somewhere right now that is most of my instagram yeah i mean like i, I i'm a sucker i love it it's a uh, it's it's just good fall vibes. You get to sip on some nice apple cider. Uh, I, I love the, the advertisement here of like Tyler's like, listen, I'll I'll be great boyfriend material. I'll like, <laughs> I'll be out there and smile to feel me. I will be standing with my arms crossed, mumbling about how expensive this all is. I, like I, I I'm like, here to I'm acknowledge that to this be... is absolutely a scheme. <laughs> Like, I, here's the thing. But I'm not like a curmudgeon about many things, but for some reason, this is something that di- that bothers me. How do you feel about how pumpkin picking? It's the same thing. You're paying to fucking work. I'm not going to do that. Well, pumpkin picking, usually you just pay for the pumpkin. You just go out to their fields <laughs> and pick the one that you want. You go out, pick it up, and you carry it to your car. That's fucking work. That sounds like work to me. Well, How is that different from going to the store and picking it up? It's settings because I can be getting other things too at the same time and put it in a fucking shopping cart. Hey, usually, the, you can have like you can get like a squash too. I, I think I don't think you understand. I want to pay to be around things to remind me less of being around a farm. Mm. I, like I, I know you city folk you get all mystique when you're around a farm for like a few days, but trust me, it loses its mystique after a few years. Uh, we have a park that has a lot of grass. <laughs> That's about it. We'd, but it's nice to get out every now and then. You get your cute fall pics, like, oh my god, went pumpkin picking, got my little pumpkin, got to make my jack-o'-lantern or paint it or something like that. Yeah. It's all innocent fun. It's sure. I. It's just, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I, it, it, I know I wouldn't enjoy it. And it's simply because I just, 
I listen, I don't want to ever be like if anybody else wants to do things, I'm always I try to be open. But for some reason, it's like apple picking and pumpkin picking are like the two things where I'm just like, not. Nah. I I used to be a lot more cynical about it, but mostly because I was like a lazy fuck. I'm like, whatever, I don't want to go. I don't want to go all the way out here to get some apples, whatever. But you understand, I'm already all the way out here. <laughs> and I like I like I said, I'm paying for the luxury of things to remind myself I'm not. It's why I don't hunt. I don't want to experience things that I can skirt around. I like it. <sighs> We're now I'm a photographer. <laughs> now you I are. recognize the photo potential going apple pecking. I mean, are you a photographer until you've taken a picture of yourself in the mirror with your camera and put a black and white filter and posted it on Instagram? I haven't posted it on Instagram, but I have a picture of me <laughs> that looks exactly like fucking Pablo Escobar in a, with a black and white filter. Do you want to see it? I Sure. Yeah, send it to me. I'll send it. Um, I'm going to move on to another topic, though, because I feel like we've kind of squeezed all the content out of my rant about fall. Um, it's spooky. So TikToker got or YouTuber got shot. Oh, yeah. And I'm not like so. How do I put this? I think this is a case of fucking around and finding out. But I'm also really not happy about how a lot of people are covering this story. Mm -hmm. So basically, what happened was this guy was in a mall and he was filming a prank video. Uh, I think the prank was he was trying to convince people there was a shooting going on. Oh. Yeah. So uh, don't worry. It only gets more drastic from here. Um, so the guy's name is Tanner Cook, the victim. Uh, he was going around uh, basically pranking people. and He's getting up in one guy's face. This guy then shoots him. Oh, Oh, wow. Those are good pictures. Well, the first one's actually Pablo Escobar. You understand? I, op I opened my phone. I only saw the first one and I just assumed another one I hadn't scrolled yet. But that's a good picture. You, you do you do pull off the look. When did you take this? Uh, this was April. April. What stage of getting ready for our film was this? Uh, this was after I got home from said film. Uh, wait, April. Yeah, we, we filmed in July. This was a different movie. I didn't have long hair in a in a mustache uh, oh, when we shot I, our movie. I know. <laughs> I said, what stage of our of getting ready for our film was this? Yeah, no, it was completely different. <laughs> anyway, so anyway, uh, they the jury acquitted the shooter. Finding that he was justified for shooting this prank YouTube prankster. Um, however, he was still uh, charged with other crimes like discharging a weapon in public space. Mm -hmm. um, and now I will say this. The YouTuber survived. But this is – I don't know. I don't feel great about him being acquitted – about the shooter being acquitted. But I also feel like there's kind of a – tale of warning that you probably shouldn't use people who are not consenting to be in your film as props in them uh that is the correct take i yeah. don't think people should just be gunned down in the streets but being a fucking youtube or tiktok prankster is just asking for trouble yeah because um 
This, and there's so many I, of them. I wouldn't lie. And I like you live in a place where running in the people doing this kind of thing increases significantly. Yeah. Uh, I, every time I walk around in New York City, I live in terrible fear of somebody walking around with a microphone. I the worst I've seen of this are people who like go down to Kensington in Philadelphia. Do you know what Kensington is? Uh, yeah. Kensington's not. It's not great. Like it, it, there's it has a lot of issues. There's a lot of drug problems there, mm-hmm. and people like go there and exploit the people there and film them and shit like that. And uh, we'll call them zombies. Like absolutely dehu and. I like I think people are really I think the part of the reason there's such a visceral reaction to this prankster like people are kind of rooting against him they are they're not kind of they are are because people are so sick of being dehumanized on social media as often as they are right um so I feel like this guy's kind of become a like a lightning rod for anger um and do I see that? Yeah, because this guy, everything I've heard about him and read about him, he sounds like an absolute dick. Do I think he deserved to be shot? Absolutely fucking not. I don't think he deserved to be shot. I just, I just hate, like, I, I just hate people whose main source of content is just harassing other normal people. Especially, there's like the, there's like trends go uh, of like content creators like harassing service workers at work and just like being an uh, like, absolute fucking nuisance for no I, reason like, again i don't believe you should shoot anything but i believe we should give service workers fucking pepper spray for like to deal with influencers <laughs> yeah have you have you seen the signs like these cardboard signs at we do not serve secret menu items here mm-hmm. like the stores are putting up and like chain restaurants because like People are coming are going to these places requesting like some like I don't know they can I get the Fortnite burger? Yeah, and like McDonald's a place for us to go. I don't fucking know what that is, and they're like, oh, but here it's on your secret menu. It's like I don't know what that is. I make four fifty an hour, and no one tells me anything, and I hate my life. Please just order something on the fucking menu. But 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 uh at. On August 8th, 2018, let's all go to McDonald's and order the Fortnite burger. The look on their face will be epic. <laughs> I wish people would try that shit at a Waffle House. Ooh, I, and how cool. What? I, I have never been to a Waffle House, but I well, lo- let me tell you, this. I long for the Waffle House experience. Okay, so at okay, so at some point coming up here, me and you are gonna have to like find a mutual a time where we have a mutual amount of time off mm-hmm. and do a Waffle House pilgrimage. Okay, um, we should probably wear a stab vest. Um, and you will understand why me saying the statement. I wish people would try that kind of shit at a Waffle House. Makes sense. Because you not only will you get bullied, you will then rethink your entire life choices if you ask them for. I don't a know if you go to Waffle menu. House, uh, you're expecting a meal and an entertainment to to begin with. Because <laughs> I, I I feel like going to Waffle House uh, and watching a fight break out is one and the same thing. <laughs> Maybe that's just my. Uh, 
my city folk brain but anytime i hear about a waffle house it's because it's not even like it's not <laughs> even like a rural thing it's just mostly like a thing that exists in like like mostly southern areas like i think i've been to waffle house once in my life um at college i'm pretty sure too so to me waffle house is synonymous with fights <laughs> yeah but oh yeah Every time a Waffle House go goes viral, it's because someone was throwing hands. Yeah. <laughs> like, and here's the thing too. You could be at a Waffle House. The waitress will be taking your order. A chair can fly past her head and smack the per- another person right behind her. And she will, without a Blake, still be taking Now, dude, the average Waffle House employee can outbox fucking Mike Tyson. The average Waffle House employee should get a discount equivalent to that of a military veteran. <laughs> they should get yeah no they you don't have shifts you have tours of duty at Waffle House. They should, like Waffle House needs to become a branch of the military. <laughs> da, 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 da. You don't get hired from Waffle House. You enlist. You get recruited. You yeah. You get recruited. You're drafted in Waffle House. It's, where were you doing the Waffle? Where, where was your tour service? Waffle House, Nebraska. Oh, oh you're a real one. Oh no, Tier I was just operator. in Afghanistan. I, ah. Hats off to you, brother. It's like getting on an airplane. It's like, uh, would anybody be willing to give up their first class seat for a veteran? No one moves. A Waffle House employee, people are like making their way. It's like, take my seat first class. Listen, I'll, I'll sleep in the in the airplane bathroom <laughs> for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And we're just really looking to make all of our listeners annoyed with us. We've talked, we've pissed off all the Europeans by talking about American football. Did we talk? Are we uh, pissing off with the Southerners? No, nah, or, so, or are they self-aware enough? I don't know. Are you? Are you? I don't know how many Southern. I hope we do have a good amount of regional listeners in the South and Midwest. Like as two, I feel like me and you are very north northeast guys. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like. I, I was trying to explain this to someone from Europe. The Northeast is a vibe that I don't think people quite get. Yeah. Well, because America is such a big ass country. That, the Northeast like, is huge too. Like, and yeah. the difference is like the Northeast I- incorporates Philadelphia, New York, and and Boston. Those are three big cities. Yeah, and there's more smaller and ones. They're nothing alike. Mm-hmm. But I, as somebody who's been to all three for at least a little bit, mm-hmm. they all have their own unique. I mean, like they obviously have their similarities, uh, but they all very much have their own unique vibe. Obviously, uh, New York City, born and raised. That's that's my home turf. But mm-hmm. uh, I've I spent a I spent a decent amount of time. In, I've only been to Philly once, but I spent a decent amount of time in Boston um, and. I have we need to do I like a full Philly experience with you one time. I want to go I want to go back to Philly. I love Philly. <laughs> yeah. Like I think we could make some outliers content out of exploring Philadelphia together. I need, yeah, I need to go I need to go back to Philly. Uh I um I I really love Philly. Uh, I was I was there for I was only there for like a couple days. Um but it's a fun city. Granted, the uh, I got in a cab once, uh, 
and the dude went on a whole spent the entire cab ride going on a whole anti-semitic and homophobic rant and you kind of just have to sit there like "Uh uh-huh i Uh i'll say that like yeah the good thing about rideshare versus cabs like a uber is your uber driver probably won't go on an anti-semitic rant because you'll give them one star yeah um god i think it was like college humor had this great sketch that was like uh it was like Uber USSR. They're not it, it, instead of uh, instead of a your normal Uber driver is going to try to sell you things or tell you about their DJ gig. This Uber driver is is a is an Eastern European man who won't talk to you. Yeah, um, I, I like I like my Uber drivers that don't talk to me. They get me from point A to point like, B. Yeah, like an Uber driver, like I like I don't really like. I would rather do the public transportation if I can. If I can. Well, because Uber's so fucking expensive. Yeah. And it's only getting more expensive every day. Like, I used to use Uber and Lyft, like, pretty regularly. uh, But now that's just straight up impossible. Because anywhere you go, even if I'm going, like, even if I'm, like, only going a couple bucks, blocks. It's like, yeah, cough up 15 was that no. you're going a mile away? Plus tip. Give me all your money. And I like of course, like I'm not gonna not tip them, of course. Uh and like and obviously the drivers don't make the prices. So like it, it's not it's unfair to the driver that uh I'm now hesitant to tip them because of how much the ride costs. But like it's a whole ass commitment. To just hop in an Uber just to go with a couple blocks. And now I'm out like, oh, there goes the $30, which um, that's if, if you live were, in New York City, that's we the equivalent were, of two hours work minimum wage. <laughs> when we were in France, there were people who would Uber to the festival grounds regularly. And I, like I was we just, had free bus passes. Yeah. Just wait for the bus. I walked if I thought I wasn't going to catch the bus because I was like, uh, you're not going to catch me paying. No, I never took an Uber there. Um, yeah, I, I the one of the reason why I'm like, I can't see myself living in anywhere else in America than New York is the public transportation. Sure, it's dirty. Sure, sometimes it doesn't run on time. Sure, uh, it's not always uh, the safest place, but damn it, it gets me where I need to go at now 290 instead of 275, which that's a completely different thing. It was- <laughs> One of my favorite things I experienced in New York was uh, me trying to figure out the turn pass, and a guy says, You tap your card and then jumping over the turnstile. <laughs> like, I love, I'm helpful. But I'm gonna. I'm not paying for this. Yeah. Like I love, like I love that. That was that was generally fantastic. Because they're trying um, to crack down on fare evasion, but at the same mm-hmm. time they increased the fare. Yeah. To incentivize people to evade the fare even more, but now they have like fucking RoboCop patrolling <laughs> the subways. I can't and, wait to see all the all the uh, how many of those are gonna get destroyed. All of them probably. At least get vandalized. <laughs> so many of those things are going to be covered get, in dicks. So yeah, many they're gonna dicks. Get, got RoboCop. They got actual cops. They got 
the cameras that like with face detection, <laughs> whatever. I was like, whatever, I'll cough Whoa. up the 290, but I'm not going to be happy about it. I like, so here's the thing. I love New York. I, I mean, I didn't get to spend a lot of time in it uh, because of the nature of what we were doing when mm-hmm. we were in New York of filming. Um, and to me, it was great because a lot of people, when they found out I was going to New York, it's like, you got to be careful. New York's dangerous. New York's covered in crime. And it's like you've seen – you it's, just saw the Warriors, didn't you? Listen, like, it's it's not the safest place in the world, but it was, it's, it's not, it's not Gotham City. Yeah. The problem <laughs> is when people think New York, they're like, ah, oh, it's fucking Judge Dredd. It's, it's – it is – it's <laughs> – sure – Things happen every now and then. It's uh, and have you seen that that Fox News clip where they're interviewing people from Seattle and they're like, "Isn't Seattle so dangerous?" And everyone's like, "No, not really." Yeah. And the guy's like, "You can see people shooting up." And those ladies like, "Okay, so what the fuck do you care about it?" Yeah. What, what do you want me to do about it? I don't know. It's not my uh, and to be and to be fair, I've been to Seattle. Seattle's not like the greatest city. Nor is any city I've ever been to. I've no. like every city. Like, every I've been city to is going to be a problem. There's no utopia yeah. city that exists. Parts of it are gonna smell like piss, and you're gonna see some shit. Shut yeah. the fuck up. Like, of course, there's weirdos around. Yeah, there are weirdos here. Do you know how many fucking delusional, weird ass rednecks are, are like around here? Like, yeah, it's just you're trading off the kind of fucking weirdo you get by population but density. Also, the thing is, too, a lot of those weirdos by you have guns. <laughs> yeah, legally, legally, there are weirdos and assholes who have guns. And uh, you know what? The, the worst part is a lot of these people are just fucking weird sober. Like it, usually like you're walking around New York. It's like, OK, that guy in a clown wig who's screaming at everybody. He's probably high. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Here it's like. The guy who's building a monument, a, a giant cross in his front yard uh, made out of AK-47s, he's probably doing that sober. Yeah, I mean like right, I, the other day I went to it's the – something actually happening here but it's just like I'm trying to – I mean I went to the grocery like store the other day like next – like two, a couple blocks away from where I live and bro pulls up into the parking lot with like two giant American flags on his pickup truck looking like the QAnon shaman's grandpa. Dude, that's like so many of the fucking truck. And here's the thing. Like I live in a broadly bluer state. It's kind of purple. But um, yeah. My you are the state is- that can de- 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 decide the fate of our country. We shouldn't be. Have you seen how trash this fucking place is? <laughs> I, uh, by the way, as a Pennsylvanian, I'm the only one who gets to talk about how trash this place is. Um, um, yeah, the fate of our entire country rests in your hands. <laughs> yeah, is our, our last election was decided by my fucking state. Do you know how much of a nightmare that is that my vote matters? Think of everything I've ever said on this podcast, listeners, and think about the fact <laughs> my fucking vote mattered. Think about that. Think about how horrifying that is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can I can talk for like hours about how stupid the electoral college is, but yeah, we're gonna save that for um, a different thing. But do you do you want to do another topic or do you want to just continue? Uh, how are you enjoying Cyberpunk? <laughs> oh my god, dude. I fucking love the update. <laughs> it's so good now. It's so good to have the game we should have got three years later. I know, dude. I was um I, I like obviously like I joke tweeted about it the other day, uh, because I did have like a bug 
that I thought was really funny where like I summoned my car and like it just drove itself into the nearest truck and got picked up by it. <laughs> uh, it was and I was just like every, and my tweet was like everyone like guys it, now's the time to play Cyberpunk it's fixed now and then I was like Cyberpunk 2077 and it's just a clip of my car being picked up by another truck fl- glitching out. I'm I like, have okay a, cool. I have a bug and I don't know and I I should and I think i reported it but i'm not quite sure where i purchased a car and it doesn't show up in my like call thing mm-hmm. it's like the wingate or whatever it's called um anyway that's but like the game's really have you played any of the actual phantom liberty uh i yet? did not purchase this uh phantom liberty dlc i'm just broke so i'm replaying the main game when you if you can afford it it's worth it um yeah no and like i because um i the first time i played the game it was when it first came out, uh, and I was playing on a PS5. I played it on a PS4 with no crashes. I should get a fucking medal. Yeah. It sounded like a MIG was taking off. I was playing, it was like the fucking PlayStation was shaking and hovering. It was... It's, so, like, I, 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 the first time I played it, I put, like, 33 hours, um, and I had one visual glitch uh, where I was, on, I, was, I was on a quest with Pan Am, and she was driving the car, but I was also somehow in the driver's seat. Shout out to all the Pan Am stands out there. I know, I know we're in the I'm, minority compared to the fucking Judy stands. I am but a Pan Am loyalist. But, Pan Am, like Pan um, Am's power here. She was driving the car, but I was also in the driver's seat. So I was kind of just like glitched inside of her. And it was at that moment. So I was just like, I right, this is not the game that the developers wanted me to play. Let me wait a little bit for it to be fixed. And then I think my, the PS5 my memor- version actually came out like the next generation. And I like updated it and I was like, eh, don't care. So now the 2.0 update is out. Do you so and I'm loving my, it. My my glitch is you know the cutscene after after the where they show you all the like here's what you've been doing since your characters yeah. Uh, I only ever I've never done a street kid but I did nomad I did corpo for my initial run I started a new run for uh, Phantom Liberty that's mm-hmm. uh, nomad. Um, I did it the opposite. My first run was nomad and now I'm doing a corpo run. Um, and. Basically, I uh, my back when I was doing my corporate run, my character just T posed out into the street and moved <laughs> like that in the cutscene. That's funny. Um, I what's next? I'm a, I'm a big fan. Like um, now that I'm like replaying it, um, I'm I'm in, I'm enjoying it. Uh, especially with you know I haven't crashed at all yet, which is already an improvement. Uh, the graphics still look kind of rough, um, but overall better. Um, I'm I like my new character more actually. I I decided to do this this run. I'm doing a, I, I did corpo, but I also had a female V. Mm which is which is fun it's different uh i like i actually kind of like the corporal path a little bit more um from my memory than i did the nomad because the nomad one was cool but I'm, i i'm enjoying i the just lore I, don't, I was yeah i think i kind of feel like and uh i gotta give credit to someone on the discord on par who pointed this out i feel like they intended for the corpo to be the main life path before it makes sense life path to things well especially um i think nomad still works but it's just it seems like it's weird that your character 
is a nomad and is like suddenly having to learn all the nomad stuff when you start doing Pan Am's yeah. missions. Also, because like um, the with with the corpo path, you already have a pre-established like really long relationship with Jackie, mm-hmm. which uh, I think improves the story. Yeah. Whereas you just meet him with both the other paths. Yeah. Um, I so I I like having the pre-established relationship with Jackie and the corpo, which um. Which was new to me because I I didn't I didn't know that was a thing before I started Corpo. I just thought it was like, oh, this is interesting it, and like as different as it could be from Nomad. So I'm like, I want to have like a very different experience. So I was like, let's do Corpo. Let's switch it up. And I'm like, oh, wait, no, we've uh, Jackie and I are actually like homies for now for a while now. And I like that. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Jackie. That's the homeboy. I love him. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace. Jackie. Spoilers. Um, it's the beginning of the fucking game. It's also uh, three years later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, rest in peace, the homeboy. I love I love Jackie. Um, it's it is kind of making me sad now in retrospect. Now that I'm like my character has a stronger relationship. Also, no, like knowing what's going to happen. I'm like, I'm, I'm like kind of dreading it because like the first time like when I my, in my first time that like I, I think I picked the right. Uh, set of circumstances that makes that scene like the the that mission the most emotionally impactful um yeah but i'm not looking forward to that again i i I don't know i i kind of like elements of the nomad because being nomad makes it feel more believable that like you're still kind of getting a grasp at things in, Mm -hmm. in in night city yeah I mean, but also the, the what's interesting about the corpo path, though, is like for me, at least is because like you're coming from up here and now suddenly you're down here. So you got to have to like get yourself more like situated with mm-hmm. uh, the street level things. What's the, what cyber mods do you run usually? Uh, I'm so I'm still really early in the game, so I haven't really uh, okay. modded myself I, out yet. Like I literally well, just finished uh, like the first like brain dance mission thing. I fucking love Mantis Blades. Oh, I ran those in my first playthrough. That was fun. I yeah, I've been trying to do mono wire because they add, in Phantom Liberty, they added a new feature mm-hmm. where you can use mono wire to trigger quick hacks yeah that's cool I, i'm i'm trying i'm trying to do more of a hack centric build with my new character i so i i've been like bouncing between a hacker a netrunner build but also i kind of just at felt to a point where i've just like i keep dumping points in the strength and just like doing fucking santa vista mods mm. there's the fucking slow down time and it's fun to stab the shit out of things i'll do what in my first run I had I had this like ridiculously like busted build that like made the game so fun like so unfun to play because I was um, they've also added I don't know if you noticed yet if you use melee weapons they added finisher animations oh no I haven't I haven't used any me- melee weapons outside of the tor- tutorial um, like I like I said I'm like I'm still very early in the game because I've been yeah. working on like other stuff like my writing and photography so i haven't been like gaming as much i i kind of use uh I, so i used a save i had started a while back as a nomad and just picked up with it mm-hmm. so yeah that's been pretty good um i got some other topics we can talk about too uh um, we were gonna talk about the strikes <laughs> yeah let's talk about that um 
Strike slash Drew Barrymore. How much do you think fucking Drew Barrymore's kicking herself? Dude, like literally, if she just if waited, she had like, waited a week. <laughs> yeah, like um, I I don't I like feel a little bad like for her because like I, but I don't right. at the same time because like um, I don't think she really intended to be <laughs> that much of a piece of shit, but like it happened and unequivocally was a bad thing to do obviously i'm not defending i I think it was that she doubled down yes that was that was the real kicker uh i'm like i know i know you're good intention but read the room uh please but then eventually she like backed off and was like okay yeah you guys are right um but then it just ended like two weeks later anyway so she, she <laughs> I mean like in fairness like at the time like we had no like there was no signs of negotiation but I don't I mean like I don't need to be fair to her nobody else was writing no yeah. one else was putting up their show so like on one hand I do kind of feel bad at the same time no did a shitty it, thing <laughs> and people were like well, how come people were okay when in 2008 Conan came back? It's because, well, he came back to show how bad his show would be without writers. Yeah. The, yeah. No, but uh, it's the writer strike is now over officially, which I am incredibly happy about. Um, everyone seems to be pretty happy with the terms of the deal. Yeah, that was struck. And if the writers are able to get a good deal, I'm sure the actors will be able to get a good deal, too. It's just more of a matter of time. Yeah, I think everybody forgets the writers were on strike a lot longer than the actors. Yeah, so like the writer strike started uh, like about like a month or two earlier in uh, in May. And it just now was resolved in September, which is a long time. So. And now some things will be coming back, like the late shows. Yeah, the little late, late, late shows are coming back. Um, which, oh boy! Oh, <laughs> I'm excited. I, I love <laughs> I love those very much. But um, I'm I'm glad more projects are because like like not only were the writers on strike uh, longer it makes more sense for the studios to negotiate with the writers first so they can get projects in development so they can cast the actors. Yeah. And um, of course they're gonna, they're probably going to wait out the actors a little bit longer, but right. they're going to wait. I think, I think they're going to have to bite eventually because they can't just have this pile of scripts on their decks desks that aren't being made because those are just going to pile up and pile up and pile up. So and I, I think if the writers got good at a deal, there is. I think there's a strong chance the actors. Can yeah. Get a good deal. Well, also because like even when they go to the negotiating table, um, the the writers got a good deal, and the, so when the actors are like, "Hey, you gave the writers this. Why can't you give us that?" Yeah. No, it's it is. Uh, Uh, yeah, he's it's it's very 
it, it's it's good. I think it's good. It's good all around. Um, I also think there might have been pressure building on the studio from outside sources, uh, right? Telling them to give in because now we have the United Auto Workers strike going on, and I have feeling that there are outside forces who do not want yeah. three strikes of major companies going on at once. Right. I mean, and like the auto stri- strikes, um, the auto workers strike is just like growing too. Um, yeah. In in a, in movement. Um, and I saw people. I saw so I saw people who are both industry outsiders and stupid get upset with the writers for making a deal and not and like this early. And it's this like, early. It's not early. Yeah, it's like what are you talking about? And they're like they should. They've been out of work for months. So, and people are like they could continue striking in solidarity with the actors and no. the auto workers. And it's like that's not how that works. No, it's. And it's that's not how this works. Eventually, we got what we wanted out of the deal. It's I I don't think people get how unions are supposed to work, right? But this expectation that because the auto workers are on strike, that the filmmakers need to strike need to stay striking, is not the correct. It's it's every one every once in a while I always see like somebody tries to do a general strike via TikTok or Twitter. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's a bad idea. No, because uh, yeah. you, like you, because the way union strike goes through a lot of systems to just get everybody to agree to not go to work at once isn't gonna work. Right. Also, because like um, the goal of that strike is to get a good deal. That's what we all yeah. want. Uh, we sh- the other unions should be happy that they got the good deal because. One that's good that movement is, for other for the unions. It builds momentum too. It builds momentum. The These even though the the writers are going back to work, they're still supportive. Do you know what one of the benefits of the writers going back to work is? Now they have money they can give to the actors. They can give to other strike funds. Yes. Like and and this is a and here's the thing. I should voice this is a minority of people that have said this. This is a handful it's, it's of not, inflammatory yeah. people who want to be inflammatory for the sake of being inflammatory that don't understand something. And I just brought it up because it was a gripe of mine. Um, um also the thing with the writers specifically is writing is not consistent work. Yeah. Um r- writers wear a lot of hats in both the industry and out of the industry. They uh, are a lot of them are lucky to get one project a year. Yeah. And if they're not working on writing uh, and they don't have any projects line up, they can't do anything. <laughs> uh, it's it's not like they go to work, come home, call it a day. Um, it's 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 a it's a timed commitment and it's mostly a gig uh, work uh, work environment. Yeah, and um, one of the things about writers too is like they're often people who are – some of them are actors. Some of them will probably need to maintain striking. Some yeah. of them are directors. There's some a lot of people are, who are members of both unions. Yeah, some – yeah. Uh, some are directors. Some are producers. Um, some are just PAs. Some are editors. Some have jobs completely unrelated to the industry. I mean, God knows me and you are both writers, and I mean, you yeah. are lucky enough to have a job in the industry. I don't need to talk or have found work. I can also cut this if I wasn't supposed to say that. Uh, I don't know. 
I'm a, I'm a, I'm a I, I PA. Like if I, I feel on. I, I, that, <laughs> I feel like it's okay to like. I, I could say I'm a PA it. on something. Yeah, I'm not like. Yeah, we're not anyway. And then I, you know, I'm doing. I'm looking for work, but I'm I'm in construction. So it's right. a lot. That is the reality of a lot of people who are trying to get in this industry. Is they spend a lot of their life with a foot in and out of the door. Right. Right. Um, and that being said, I am here for the fucking auto workers. Yeah. I hope they get a deal. They need one. Like, um, I feel like pe- so people are saying like they're demanding an outrageous amount of money. What they don't realize is the reason they're doing that is because inflation. Uh, they were supposed to have a. D- have part of their deals for inflation was supposed their pay was supposed to increase with inflation, but however that wasn't being met with both due to the drastic increase in inflation and bad leadership. Right, and uh, they're asking for an outrageous amount of money because the folks at the top have an outrageous, an outrageous amount, amount of, money of money that should you know go one- down to the workers who are making that money for them. <laughs> Do you know it was one of the things that pissed me off that we've learned during the writers' strike? What's up? Do you know how much Bob Iger makes at Disney a day? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about Bob Iger for a second. $75,000 around a day. Which is more than a lot of people make in a whole year. Which is, I feel like that's more than most people make in a year. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. And uh, the demands that the the writers uh, are make and the actors were making, like they wouldn't cost in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't cost them as it much was, as the, keeping up the strike for months. Strike, just keeping up the strike cost them more money than it did to just and give that's them what they wanted. And that's not to mention all the people who started unsubscribing from streamers. Uh, that the one thing we do know the writers got because we're still waiting for thing, the full deal to be released. I think it was. I, I think it was released. Right? Oh, was it released? Yeah, I, I, I haven't I'm, read it all yet. Um, yeah, I need to read it too. Um, at the time we're recording it, we both still need to go through, like, look at the deal. Um, but one of the things about it is we know now that they're going to show us their streamer analytics. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that is really going to be a strong tool for future negotiations and even future strikes. Right. Um, also, just no um, having having they, they're also like, you know, in, one of the big demands is like minimum staffing requirements of writers rooms, too, which mm-hmm. in turn uh, creates more opportunities for writers um and get, getting more people to work working on the shows that are making Netflix so much money and Disney so much money but that's just uh get, finding out like how many people are actually working or like watching the shows is going to be a big deal cuz usually they make the show um it comes out uh, the usually like about eight or eight episodes 10 episodes depending on netflix or whatever um and the companies are like peace thanks for your work later uh meanwhile millions and millions of people are watching their product and yeah writers got huh um but we're definitely seeing some changes in that regard now. Um, I'm I'm very interested to see uh, to, 
if they like when they publicly really release any of these numbers um again also like one, one thing uh for sure is uh keep watching stuff because the more you watch stuff the more the studios demand stuff to be made and the more the studios demand stuff to be made the more work that people get and the more money those workers get because if they're making more money so like at no point was that were the unions really calling for a boycott so um yeah that, which that, that I, was a miscommunication yes um they're, so like if you're if you canceled your like subscription services in solidarity with the unions uh that was not <laughs> part of the <laughs> plan they did not or if you like boycotted going seeing movies that was not something no uh keep um, going to watch stuff um and i cannot I stress thing, how important that is <laughs> yeah yeah um so there's a movie by the way so this is something uh there's a movie right now that's garnering some attention it's not like it's a great movie it's got okay reviews but it's called uh the creator my dad was just telling me about this movie this morning uh we actually might go see it later today (laughs) i you know i was i was gonna tell my dad we should go see this movie me and you have really fucking weird parallels throughout our lives man no like literally my dad Um, was telling me about it this morning like i'd I'd like seen a poster for it but i didn't know anything about it so what's interesting to me is do you want to so this movie is like a really effects heavy movie yeah do you want to take a wild guess of what the budget for it was what's this budget i'm i was curious myself uh i just 80 million dollars wait no way yeah that's insane yeah and it was a 20th century studio film uh the cast is it's not huge but it's still i mean john david washington david washington pretty hot and ken and ken and ken watanabe are all big deals yeah so what is the excuse for why this movie costs so little and it's an effects heavy movie. And from what I've heard, the effects I, I hear it's not it's not fantastic. Like it's not, but it's like good. Uh, I watched the trailer. It looked pretty damn good. Yeah. Like I, I so like it doesn't. And they also got this, Garrett think, that, um, Edwards attached to it too, uh, who is famous for Godzilla twenty fourteen and Rogue One. Both yeah. Pretty. So part I have a movies. theory. I, I I'm starting to have a theory that maybe this is. We might be seeing a return of like these not insane budget movies mm-hmm. post strike, and it would be nice if there were more movies like this. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm I might go see it later today. Um, I'm interested. And like, yeah. the trailer I, I, didn't like I, blow I, me away, I, and like, I, oh, this looks like super interesting. I'm just like, I, oh, I'm fine. bringing it up because but, I potentially want to review it, uh, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, so that's one of the interesting post-strike developments. I mean, I know this was probably something created before the strike. Obviously. But uh, I'm interested by the amount of media attention this is getting after having it only. It sounds so fucking weird to say only an $8 million budget. $80. $80 million? Uh, Yeah, but that's pretty low in terms of uh, big blockbusters. Yeah. Like that. In terms of what's come out recently that's performed as well as it. I uh, I hate to use it as like a parameter or like not a parameter. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the correct uh, term is, but like it has like almost Marvel movie levels of CG from what I saw in the trailer. And like uh, I was when you said 80 million, I was kind of like taken aback for a second because I know those movies cost like almost 300 million to make sometimes 
I mean, if even we're going to compare it to a movie made by the same director, Godzilla cost almost double the budget, of, uh, yeah. over double the budget of this well, movie. I mean, that also came out almost 10 In years ago. Th- yeah. But still, there's a difference. Like, you'd think it would, then this would be more expensive. I mean, I haven't I w- seen the movie yet. I, I want to return to this conversation once I've seen mm-hmm. the movie. So I think that's, um, I do have another topic I do want to bring up. If you want to, uh, I was going to mention, uh, considering uh, you're talking about unions in the in uh, strikes, uh, I was going to bring, I was going to add on the video game angle to the SAG strike. Oh yeah, that that was an interesting development. Which I wonder if that could, because I wonder if they could end their strike with the movies but prolong it with the video games still. Um. I was. I'm hoping. I mean, like, obviously, the ideal scenario was is uh, they negotiate a deal before they have to s- start a strike. That is the best case scenario there, um, because they voted to authorize a strike, of course. Because, um, yeah. uh, but SAG uh, simultaneously striking both video games and movies at the same time is a huge deal because as big as movies are video games are just as big if not in some cases even bigger in terms of uh sales and pure money making capability and i feel like people forget like they don't realize that sometimes the threat of a strike is enough to get right a good deal out because um i mean that's 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 like what happened uh with the yahtzee yeah last year um i i i know a lot of people are still like uh iffy on the deal that they made but they made a deal but without having to go on strike and sometimes that is better because strikes are expensive strikes are expensive for everyone yeah it's bad for the people who are striking because they're not working yeah but and you know it's it's obviously bad for the people that they're striking against because they're not making money off of the people that are wor- or that should be working, and that's good for the people who are striking. Right, and strikes are usually very now. Here's the thing: a strike is usually something you come to because negotiations are falling through. The threat of a strike itself is a tool. A lot of people didn't think that the SAG strike would happen because they thought that the studios would at least try to cut some deal. Right, because like. And that didn't happen. Uh, like, uh, because, like, of course, they're going to the bend to bend to the whims of their stars, because the stars are the big. Like, of course, the right, ri- but, the, um, the writers are been, important. But like, something I've been screaming at people who are like, "Why should we support the union? They're all just Matt Damon." No, they're not, not. everybody is Matt Damon. Not everybody's Matt Damon, but also people like Matt Damon, and a lot of like even even the a lot of the high tier actors are in support of the of the strike because there's other people in the union, there's other actors who are not as fortunate as them. And you know, Tyler and I aren't in a, either of those unions yet. I aspire to be part of the Writers Guild. Yes, it is a goal of mine in life. I'm sure Tyler does too. So we want to be fairly represented when we fall under this. That's why we support the unions. Yeah. Um, but there's like there's more than just Tom Cruise and Matt Damon and <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. There are people who you don't know about and you're like, well, I never heard of them. You never heard of them because they're fucking minor actors. But tell you what, those people go to work just like you and they work fucking harder than you, I bet, too. Yeah. And you fucking uh, crypto trading jackass. Especially – 
in a uh, industry that's so heavily reliant on you living in Los Angeles or New York or anything like that, where the cost of living is so damn expensive that even um, some like uh, more well-recognized actors would probably be struggling in those environments. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's not just the, the, the top dogs that are, are, that are part of this uh, strike in, in this movement. Like we, um, and now uh, getting into video games, of course, like, like every now and then video games have like their celebrity um appearance i know people who have like really good paying jobs and struggle to live in like new york yeah california because the rent is so high Mm -hmm. like just the rent like we don't even have to talk about other expenses and then there are people like oh it's because you're a liberal state that's taxed so high no shut the fuck up you live in fucking arkansas you know why shit's low there is because no one gives a fuck about arkansas yeah no, because there's nothing going on. Also, or it's like, like somewhere whether whether could say, well, they should just not live in a liberal city. It's like, fuck it. Your state should be really just be one state. We wasted stars. <laughs> and, and all those taxes go to things. Mostly the NYPD I, I, for in my case, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> your, your, ta- your taxes should be going to better things. And, but, but like literally it's like – the thing of rent control is just a thing that needs to be more passed in places. The, there's a lot of work to be done, but like – There's a lot of work to be done. These strikes are a small step in what's hopefully a much bigger step. Yeah. But I am an optimist. Admittedly. Well, for me, I was I, just like, eh, this, like this really sucks right now because there's no work going on. But at the same time, in the long run, if I really want to be a writer, uh, these negotiations are going to be critical to me so even if i can't work at work now later down the line we're allowed and we were allowed to write spec scripts yeah and i'm about i'm about to do that now um there's a lot there's a lot that i'm like now getting back on the table with um i'm feeling a lot more comfortable doing um especially uh with you know the, the the staffing in the writer's room the protections against ai um and everything uh, and you know there's also how i'm good so there's also the fact like me and you are me and you are clearly younger filmmakers who are finding our voices in our way yeah and i think a lot of young filmmakers in our position are learning something me you and a few of our friends that like these little small networks we have are actually great opportunities to start creating things i know me you and a mutual friend of ours have been talking about working on some small things mm-hmm. together. Um, and I think that's something that really needs to be exploited by filmmakers. Right. Um, is like focusing on creating these smaller projects and trying to draw attention to them. Mm-hmm. And I think as a film consumer, we should be focusing on doing that. 100%. The moral of the story, just keep watching. Just keep just keep watching, keep streaming. Yeah, um, and get pissed off uh, at Disney when they try to <laughs> up their subscription prices and cut off sharing passwords. Fuck you. Sincerely. Fuck y'all. Because um, yeah. if you want to encourage people to watch the stuff, but keep putting barriers in the way of them watching stuff... 
they're just going to end up stealing. They're going to end up pirating, like, which I can't even blame. Paying, I don't support pirating myself, but like I can't blame people for doing and, it anymore. And here's the thing. There have actually been – Disney and other streamers have shown us there might be some legitimate arguments pirating simply for the fact of film preservation. Yeah. Like when Disney made, shot, and delivered a film and then deleted it off of the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, there is no people do not know if that film exists to be seen anywhere, and people work hard on that. There are people who can't even reference that because it won't show up now. Yeah. Mm. Like that's that's it's that kind of shit. Like and like, listen, I enjoy quite a bit Disney products, but I feel like to in order to respect any establishment, you should be able to criticize it to its full extent. And when they are doing something that you objectively shouldn't be standing standing with, like getting rid of hundreds of people's body of work, that should be called out. Yeah. And if just keep putting barriers in front of people for them to watch the things that you're putting out, eventually they're either not going to watch it or put on their fucking pirate cap and go out to seas. Yeah. But that's that. <laughs> I, I don't. Then they'll find. And then they might find the one piece. They might find the one piece. I'm, a, I'm about to put on my straw hat and go to sea instead of uh, watching Loki season two. That's not true. I'm actually going to I I do still have Disney Plus right now. But um I I can't blame people who do that anymore. Like I used to be like so against pirating. I was like, "No, there's a lot of people that like really worked hard on this uh and it's not really fair to them." My my big stance is don't pirate indie movies. Yeah. Like if I'm got like I don't think you should pirate and that's like my making my legal descri- I don't think you should break the law. My full legal disclaimer, you can get in more trouble than it's worth. Yeah. Um, yeah, and... Uh, but at this point... Wh- but, like, if you really draw the moral line somewhere, really don't pirate from small creators. No. Um, it's 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 just kind of a dick move. It is, it is um, a really I don't think you should pirate in general. Dick move. Don't pirate from small creators. Um, but, I... Also, just like the idea that like people started switching to streaming because cable was so expensive and this was the cheaper alternative. And now they keep bumping up their prices and like it's like, okay, now you can't share your password with anybody. So now they have to get their own subscription, which is now more expensive than it used to be. But also, oh, I want to watch – Ahsoka, but I also want to watch um, Stranger Things or One Piece or uh, The Boys Gen V or whatever, like all these um, different things that exist on different services. And like, okay, now that's another like, okay, so there's another $15 a month and now it's $16 a month. Then when you start doing the math, it's like, shit, maybe I should have stuck with cable. If you do have them, just keep watching stuff. We love having a f- healthy film and television market. But 
I am very upset with a lot of the decisions on what gets greenlit and what gets canceled and how they're managing these uh, film libraries that are supposed to be a big collection of it, of everything, but they can remove things at a whim. It stinks, but not much you can do about it. I don't know. We've been going on for a long ass time. Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. Um, next time we're gonna we should watch something next time. Do we think? Do we think we can finally do the Space Jam episode next time? Uh, I'll get in contact with Demos. Cool. Oh.